0: Hello and welcome to the Audio Epics Storytelling Podcast. This is your main character, Domine.
1: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you're the sidekick. I'm the main character.
0: <laughs> you? <laughs> I don't think so. Sorry, um, I'm the main character because I'm the writer.
1: Uh, yeah, you're my ghost writer <laughs> who has all the best ideas, huh?
0: I'm the man in the house, so you're the sidekick.
1: You do the dishes. That makes you the sidekick.
0: I rarely do the dishes anyway. So uh, yeah, anyway, uh, this episode will be about sidekicks. (laughs) And the first question, of course, is who is, I mean, what is a sidekick?
1: Well, the person who does the main character's dishes, of course.
0: Ah, yes. Well, I guess you could say that in a way, because the sidekick is always someone who has a lower status than the main character. Yeah. And the sidekick is all, you know, he's this this character who's sort of along for the ride with the, with the main hero or heroine.
1: Yeah, therefore he spends a lot of time with uh, him or her.
0: Yeah, and very often the sidekick is also younger. Not necessarily, but... Yeah,
1: there are exceptions, of course, yeah. but I think that's that's what works best. Some
0: classic examples come to mind. So
1: we found this list of uh, some sidekicks throughout history. Uh, We didn't pick them all, but I think the the most well-known. And we found it on morphsuits.com, so you should check it out if you want the entire list. Okay. And the first one on the list uh, from 1605 is Sancho Panza, who is the servant to Alonso Quijano or Don Quixote from the famous novel of Cervantes. And um, he is actually of the two characters. He is the less educated and more down to earth side character. He kind of plays along in Quixote's f- weird fantasy adventures, like um, the the iconic scene with the, the windmills. The windmills, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's a farmer. He loves to eat. He he rides a donkey. Mm-hmm. And, so he's kind of like the yeah. normal
0: guy of yeah, the two.
1: Exactly. Apparently, Cervantes uses a sidekick more often, especially as a narrator. That's interesting. So
0: the sidekick can be a narrator. Yeah. Because um, we want to go down this list and also look at the different functions that a sidekick might have, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And And so the the different kinds. Yeah. Uh, This one is just human, obviously, but you'll see there will be other kinds of sidekicks as well.
0: But in this case actually even the very first really famous sidekick Sancho Panza is already interesting in how how the sidekick is used what the narrative function is because yeah. what what Cervantes wants to do is he wants to show Don Quixote as this crazy character <laughs> and so how how he does that is he lets us look at Don Quixote through the eyes of his servant yeah so who's
1: actually the sane one Who is the sane
0: one I guess yeah so, um, because ha- having that character there, Sancho Panza isn't the one who does all the action, but he's there as sort of our witness and to kind of represent the audience in yeah, a way.
1: Because we all know that fame corrupts the mind. Yeah. I think another example of a, of a famous sidekick is Friday in Robinson Crusoe, also a very famous novel.
0: Yeah, Friday, I guess, um, is this native... Uh, person whom Robinson Crusoe finds on the island where he is uh, shipwrecked and he becomes the servant, right?
1: And this creates uh, another interesting dynamic or contrast because
0: the native teaches him things and then afterwards Robinson Crusoe teaches Friday things.
1: They can kind of learn from each other which is interesting.
0: And then of course we have A really famous, one of the most famous sidekicks ever, Dr. Watson. Yeah. Um, In the 19th century, in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes series. I think Watson kind of plays a very similar role to Sancho Panza, in that he is very often the narrator, I think. And we sort of look at this crazy character of Sherlock Holmes Mm -hmm. through the eyes of the more normal Watson.
1: I think what they have in common as well is that Watson is the less educated one. Yes, more and, normal one. And yeah. yeah, Sherlock Holmes comes up with these far-fetched theories and yes. solves crimes in a very admirable way. And Dr. Uh, John H. Watson, he kind of, he, he doesn't really understand. He, he's always one step behind, Yeah. so he has to explain yeah. everything.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, I guess, the other function that, I mean... As Sancho Panza, he sort of a, he comments on the behavior of Don Quixote, mm-hmm. and I think Watson does that too. But here, Watson also has another function, which is he repre- also represents the audience, um, the audience that couldn't possibly follow the incredibly right. quick minds of Sherlock Holmes. Of
1: the incredible writer.
0: <laughs> so the questions we have as an audience, yeah. the, the the answers we need because we can't follow uh, the brilliance of Holmes. Watson asks those questions. And yeah. so he repre- He also he speaks for us in a way.
1: That yeah. makes the story more natural because you don't have Sherlock Holmes explaining uh, his theories to the sky or something. Yeah, that's an be an weird.
0: An, I mean, it's a no- they're novels. So what Sir Arthur Conan Doyle could have done is he could have had sort of internal uh, monologues sort of describe the thoughts that Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. has. But that would have been a bit boring i think and now you have yeah. this dynamic and
1: also because you would be in sherlock holmes mind then he wouldn't have any secrets so you couldn't have uh, you, you wouldn't be able to right, build yeah. up the story in parts right yeah like he so discovers the, this and then he discovers like that
0: like when he does something weird and watson asks why why are you doing that well you'll see later and so on
1: yeah he can kind of keep his yeah. little secrets that way and that makes it a a great uh, tool for a detective novel
0: i guess uh, not on this list uh, but very similar dynamic can be found in of course another great detective series uh, hercule poirot and uh, captain hastings it's very similar the dynamic
1: we needed to mention this because domine's mother is a very big (laughs) yes my mom is the biggest
0: poirot fan in the world so i had to mention it (laughs)
1: Um, then we have uh, 1929, uh, Snowy and Tintin, which is a completely different.
0: Yes, because of course, yes, he's a dog. He's a dog, yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. We're Belgians, so for us, Tintin is, you know, is part of our our culture. Um, less known in uh, the United States and uh, English speaking parts of the world, I guess. Although but Steven Spielberg made a movie out of it, but yeah. it wasn't a very big success too bad because i i thought it was pretty good well but. the
1: character stuck obviously because he made the list so he made the
0: list he made the list well um what does what is his function really snowy the dog
1: well i think he's uh he's got his typical perks as a dog uh his sense of smell right um yeah. his sense of danger right, and yeah. protect his uh his boss
0: he finds things often yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's true yeah so he's an, a nice... And when Tintin gets into trouble, he goes l- to look for help. Yeah. Like Lassie. <laughs> yeah, something uh, like that,
1: yeah. Then we have uh, 1940
0: uh, Robin. Yeah, um, I, I put uh, Robin on the uh, thumbnail for the YouTube version of this podcast because I think he's probably the first guy you think of when you say the word sidekick. Well, for me at least.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, very uh, Sort iconic. of
0: the most... Typical sidekick there is. So I think uh, Robin is kind of... Uh, he also represents the audience in a way that... Um, originally, uh, the the comic books were mostly read by kids. And uh, there were no kids in, in the Batman stories. And I guess kids want to identify with another kid. And that's why they put Robin in there, I think.
1: Robin also looks up to Batman like the readers do.
0: Yeah. And they could dream like maybe one day... Batman will arrive at my house <laughs> and make me his Robin. I don't know. Maybe that's stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. Let's let's move through this list a bit quicker.
1: Yeah, we have this very important sidekick, 1954, Samwise Gamgee.
0: Who's that? Never heard of him.
1: <laughs> He's probably our favorite sidekick, right? We don't even. I, I find it
0: hard him. to call him a sidekick. He's yeah. so important, and he's so—I mean—he's such a strong character.
1: I think technically he would qualify as a sidekick. So he's the—he would, yeah the, actually the gardener of Frodo Baggins in the Lord of the Rings series, and he becomes his best friend actually. Yeah, throughout their journey.
0: I guess he's sort of what th- what happens in the Lord of the Rings is he starts out as a sidekick, but he becomes more. Yeah, but that's so often much, the case.
1: So much more. <laughs> so much more, yeah.
0: He's my hero.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we have another comic book series from Europe, um, Asterix. I'm not sure if it's very well known outside of our uh, area. <laughs> um, but it's, it's about Celtic people, the Gauls, who lived in France during uh, the reign of Julius Caesar. And uh, they have crazy adventures. And the main character is called Asterix and his friend is obelix
1: is that the fat one because i I never really read the series obelix
0: is the big fat one yeah and asterix is the little one
1: the little one with the big nose
0: so yeah like very often asterix is the smart one but the small one and obelix is the dumb one and the big one and obelix is super strong yeah so it's a typical sort of dynamic that you often see
1: yeah okay um then we have 1966, Mr. Spock, uh, the sidekick to Captain James T. Kirk for the Star Trek fans, of course.
0: Yes. Uh, Mr. Spock, I guess, is also a nice contrast to Captain Kirk, who is really reckless and very emotional. And Spock is very logical. That's his whole thing, that he's so logical. So that's, uh, it's a nice contrast between these characters.
1: And he has pointy ears.
0: Yes. Who can say that?
1: Do these ears have a function in the series? <laughs> like, do they have super hearing or something?
0: I'm not really a, a big Star Trek fan, so I don't know.
1: Okay, we should brush up on our Star Trek knowledge then. Then we have 1977 Chewbacca, the sidekick to Hansel. You know, the yeah the one your grandfather called the laughing cow.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So and I can see why.
1: It's actually a big carpet who doesn't talk. He just does. Mmm. A
0: big walking carpet. But yeah. You can
1: do it better. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah,
0: it wasn't very good either. But
1: okay. And the joke kind of mm. is. I think it's more like a, a, a mm. comic relief in the way that he's supposed to be. It's supposed to be funny that he he makes this noise <laughs> and Han Solo I can always understand what he's saying. Yeah,
0: yeah, th- yeah. That he is. It's, it's that. a bit ridiculous. <laughs> keep your distance though Chewie but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance I don't know fly casual um, yeah I think for a lot of people uh, they because they're nostalgic about those old movies they think Chewbacca is really a, a heroic character or something I don't know they personally, watch the movies uh, again. personally <laughs> and I'm going to be super controversial here I think Chewbacca is a totally unnecessary character you just He doesn't do anything really necessary for the story. Actually, if
1: you watch those movies again closely, I think he's very selfish.
0: Yeah, that's true. And aggressive sometimes. It's also true.
1: And it's kind of funny because (laughs) of the... the (laughs) I guess
0: the one thing he did that was really something was rescuing another sidekick in The Empire Strikes Back, namely C-3PO. One useless sidekick rescuing another useless sidekick. That's kind of it, really. C-3PO
1: is not really useless.
0: Yeah, no, C-3PO is actually... actually He's he's got a function. He translates Uh, Chewbacca. What does he do? He complains and he roars.
1: And a lot of people (laughs) have this visceral hate towards Jar Jar, but...
0: I actually think Jar Jar is a much better sidekick.
1: He actually... He's an interesting sidekick to move on the plot because he really plays an important... I'm not
0: it. saying that I'm not saying that Jar Jar, um, what he does is is all good for the main characters. It isn't. He makes wrong and stupid decisions, yeah. but he does things that actually move the plot. He
1: screws Chewbacca up.
0: Chewbacca does nothing to move the plot. Yeah. So, uh, so.
1: Jar Jar screws up a lot, yeah. but he also accidentally rescues people.
0: <laughs> I'm always sort of thinking every episode like now I said something that's so controversial, someone's going to send us hate mail or something. It still hasn't happened, but maybe now it will. I'm officially declaring Jar Jar a far superior sidekick character to Chewbacca. (laughs) There, I said it, and I'm not taking it back.
1: Okay. We're not giving our address here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so another uh, famous sidekick is uh, 1983 Luigi to uh, Mario from the the famous Mm. Nintendo games. I think this is uh, this kind of depends on which game you're playing because there are games where Luigi kind of plays a very big part, and it's more like they're more hmm. like a duo of heroes, and there are other games where he he's a minor character like, like, like in
0: Super Mario Sancti. Brothers, I guess
1: yeah it, it differs from which in Flanders Nintendo. we called
0: Super Mario Bros.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so super mario bros <laughs> super mario bros we call it bros <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: okay uh, and similarly I guess uh, Tails um, so yeah. Miles Tails Brower is the sidekick to Sonic the Hedgehog
1: yeah the the fox with the double tail yeah, the the Nintendo games tend to have. Uh, that's uh, like
0: Sonic a, is Sega, oh. uh, the oh, competition, <laughs> the big rival.
1: For all the Nintendo fans, yeah, that's true. It's Sega. I never had one, so.
0: Neither did I. I I I had Atari, so <laughs> oh. I had a Lynx, <laughs> so Ooh. I was I was completely countercultural.
1: No, I I I was kind of a Game Boy addict back in the days. Um, I played all these uh, Super Mario games. I wasn't really good at them. It was frustrating that when you died, you had to start all over again. Mm. Luckily, that's not the case anymore.
0: They, they artificially made them longer by doing that.
1: Yeah, but I was brilliant at uh, Tetris.
0: Then uh, we are now moving into new territory, but also returning to Batman. In 1992... The character of Harley Quinn was introduced, I believe, in the animated series. And Harley Quinn is the sidekick to the Joker. So now we have a sidekick who is the sidekick of the villain instead of the sidekick of the hero. So that's that's something, I guess... Well, I'm sure it was done before, but um, this is the first really famous villain sidekick.
1: It's interesting because they need, you know... Servants, yeah. Around. Well, very often <laughs> uh,
0: bad guys have these stupid henchmen types. Th- those are sidekicks that have been around for ages and ages. But I guess Harley Quinn is the first one that really, you know, made an impact as a character.
1: Well, something else that's on the list is uh, 1995 Buzz Lightyear to Woody in a Toy Story. I think this is a bit of a gray area, right?
0: Personally, I don't think Buzz is a sidekick at all. By the way, I still haven't mentioned. Which tea we're drinking? I'm having oolong tea.
1: I'm pregnant, so I forgot what tea I actually ordered.
0: <laughs> Taste it.
1: All right. I had the green tea with uh, pomegranate and raspberry. Correct. All right. Let's. Yeah, I don't on.
0: think I don't think Buzz is a sidekick. They're, they're more like rivals, and they become best friends, and they're, they're equals.
1: Yeah, they're both heroes. Yeah. The old-fashioned the old hero and the modern bleep-bleep hero. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. The
0: modern bleep-bleep hero.
1: <laughs> and That's kind of the, yeah, the, the, the essence of the plots as well in Toy Story. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. And then in 1998, we have the immortal
1: <laughs> Pikachu,
0: who to is Ash. the sidekick to Ash, from Pokemon, gotta catch them all.
1: Well, I never really was a big Pokemon fan. But uh, neither I'm, was I, actually. I know the basic concept. You had these tiny balls, right? And you pressed them and, and creatures came out of it. And then some were more powerful and had different powers than yeah. others. And, yeah. And they kind of did battles with them. Yeah. Actually, those Pokemon creatures did more than the heroes. Because they did all the work, right? They were yeah, the, I guess the yeah. fighting, so... Maybe um, Ash was more the sidekick to Pikachu and all the other Pokemons then.
0: Uh, well, I, uh, Pikachu was sort of... He was always there, sort of on his shoulder and sort of running around. I'm not sure if he really did much, story-wise. I don't know. I, I never really followed it, so...
1: Didn't he just say his name, nothing else? Like, Pika- yeah,
0: Pikachu... Yeah, that's all he can say.
1: Like Groot <laughs> yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Okay, and uh, then in 1998 we have Navi, I guess. Or Navy, I guess it's Navi. Yeah, I think so. Who is the sidekick to Link in Legend of Zelda. But um, this is completely out of my territory because I've never played these games.
1: And she's a fairy, I think. Uh, I, I ah, yes. never played a lot of Zelda games, but... <clears throat> okay,
0: 1998. Another famous sidekick, Mushu.
1: I love him. Uh, he is the... The dragon sidekick to Mulan, and he's yeah. uh, he's a really an example of a comic relief, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, now Disney has had these sort of uh, creature sidekicks forever, but Mushu was a a good one because you know he had a lot of funny comments and
1: yeah, he has different functions as well. He he comments on the funny situation of uh, Mulan dressing up as a guy and not being able to adapt. And, um, and he had
0: Eddie Murphy's voice.
1: And he helps her as well. But he's also very clumsy, so he screws up a lot. So it's, it's very cool.
0: Eddie Murphy is on this list, by the way. A few entries down. Again.
1: Again, yeah. Famous sidekick voice. <laughs> yeah. And then uh,
0: in 1999, we have Mini-Me, who is the sidekick of Dr. Evil in the Austin Power series.
1: Yeah, he's very cute, but also a bit creepy i is. don't
0: think he's cute at all no i think i think he's just creepy to be honest yeah. i don't know there's just he's just there's something creepy about him
1: what's creepy is that he's he's this kind of cute small version of dr evil but he's a tiny little pervert and that's what makes him creepy i think
0: uh, yeah i don't i don't really get the point of Minimi me to be honest um so let's just move on
1: i liked him as a character
0: he's a character a character is supposed to have a personality. <laughs> Where's his personality? Well,
1: he, he bit people. <laughs> right, okay. And he, he growled. <laughs> and he, yeah, okay. He, he kind of behaved like a dog sometimes, which was kind of funny.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's move on to something far more advanced and intellectual. Uh, Patrick, the sidekick of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, he, he, was a, he was a starfish. He right? was a starfish. And Patrick is, you know, again, the dumb guy compared to the slightly less dumb Spongebob, but Spongebob is also dumb, so it's dumb and dumber, really. Uh, um,
1: yeah, actually the only thing I've ever watched of Spongebob, which was obviously, according to some friends, really, really good, is an, an attraction in a theme park here in Belgium, which was in French and which had... Very dumb-sounding voice actors as well, so I yeah. I, I didn't really get the
0: <laughs> well, I I, of, I of the episodes that I saw of SpongeBob SquarePants, I I did like it. It's very absurd. It's very crazy humor. Hmm. It, it's it's high energy. It's it can be annoying because it's super high energy, but it's fun. It's it's got got a f- uh, some good jokes.
1: Okay, I think the story of that. Particular 3D ride was something with a a hamburger and. Yeah,
0: yeah. SpongeBob works in a hamburger restaurant.
1: Okay. (laughs) That's about all I know about it. Maybe our son will catch it up sometimes. We'll catch
0: on. So then in 2000, we have another very unique sidekick that comes along. Also a famous sidekick. In the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks, where he's also alone on an island, like (laughs) Robinson Crusoe. But this time instead of having a native he has a volleyball called Wilson. yeah wilson yeah because that's the brand so
1: wilson obviously is the sidekick to chuck but actually he's more like
0: um... he's kind of like a sock puppet i mean it's not even that it's it's just an object, so he has someone with a face, so he has someone to talk yeah, to.
1: Yeah, it's more like a figment of his imagination, yeah. right? Um, yeah,
0: because he draws a face on the volleyball, right? And then he talks to it, so he has someone to talk to.
1: Psycho. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, because he's completely alone and he's on the island for four years on his own, so it's what keeps him from going insane.
1: Yeah, it's probably what I would do. So having someone uh, yeah. to talk to. I would pick a coconut. I think <laughs> it's more hairy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, I Did thought you? that actually was uh, very effective because it's amazing, really, and that's what made it so, so famous. The fact that you start to actually like Wilson as a character. You start caring about him, even though he really is just a volleyball and he doesn't do anything. I mean, it's just a face. Mm. A stupid little smiley face drawn on a volleyball.
1: Yeah, that was a remarkable movie.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. And then we have the second uh, entry with Eddie Murphy. Donkey. In Shrek. In Shrek, yeah.
1: Yeah, Donkey is another example of a comic relief. Ogres
0: are like onions. They stink? Yes. No! Oh, they make you cry? No! Oh, you leave them out in the sun they get all brown start sprouting little white hairs. No!
1: Layers! Onions have layers, ogres have layers, onions have layers, you get it, we both have layers. <sighs> oh, you both
0: have layers.
1: Oh,
0: You know, not everybody likes onions. Cake! Everybody loves cakes. Cakes have layers. I don't care what everyone likes.
1: Oh, uh, he's very high energy and annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he he really likes Shrek. He's very clingy. Yeah, he's
1: like the crazy fan you never wanted. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: Yeah, sort of the the super attached friend. So yeah.
1: But he's very loyal and he has a good heart. So.
0: And yeah, eventually Shrek starts to care about him too. Um, I guess something similar is in two thousand three, Dory, who becomes a sidekick to Marlin in Finding Nemo.
1: She has a very interesting basic character trait but i forgot what it was
0: <laughs> yeah um, no comment there
1: <laughs> so she's kind of forgetful
0: in the second movie dory really kind of becomes the main character
1: yeah and and it was actually better than i expected yeah um, i because... never have high expectations from no. spin-offs but it was really it was actually really good yes it was good
0: so we've had this list now what would you conclude from this
1: I would say that there's a thin line between main character duos and um, main character and sidekick dynamic.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. And I think sometimes what starts out as a sidekick becomes more, becomes the main character alongside the original or even instead of the original main character. So um, let's, let's talk about various types of sidekick you could uh, you we've mentioned all of these characters but i guess you could sort of um compartmentalize them yeah in different types if
1: if we look at the list that we just um been over we we uh, saw a fairy companion there you have navi from um from legend of zelda but there are other examples as well Uh, you have tinkerbell
0: yes and um mentioning brandon sanderson again whom we've mentioned on almost every podcast so far (laughs) Um, in um, The Way of Kings and uh, the other Stormlight Archive books. Um, One of the Bane characters has a kind of a fairy companion, I guess. Syl, who is um, a a spren, which is kind of a a spirit-type thing in that world, who is a bit like um, a little fairy, you know. Um, I mean... (laughs) I mean, obviously fans will say, what? No, Syl is not a fairy. La, 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 la. I know, I know. We, you know? Cannot,
1: <laughs> we cannot create a, a separate Spren no. companion. Uh, no,
0: I know. But she's kind of a fairy. <laughs> type. And I, I loved her character because she brought so much brightness and innocence to this very dark and hard situation that um, Kaladin was in at that time.
1: Right. Um, another type of sidekick that we found in the list is the, the kid sidekick, right? Um,
0: yeah, so yeah, we've we've, uh, we've come up with these types because you see them very often. That's why that's why they're you know types of sidekicks because they they happen more than once. And there are lots of kid sidekicks, you know. Um, Robin is a kid. Yeah um, and
1: then you have uh, Russell in up. I love right. that character.
0: Yeah, that's a great. It's also a similar dynamic where the, yeah. the old man wants to get rid of him, but he's very clingy and very upbeat and positive.
1: Yeah, I love that dynamic. I love the character. <laughs> he was yeah. this chubby little Boy Scout. Um, yeah, he was really. It's nice. something that
0: Pixar likes to do, I have the impression, that kind of uh, dynamic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, a kid's uh, sidekick or, or any other sidekick, they, they can make a cool main character because um, I think in Ranger's Apprentice, you have the apprentice, which is usually the sidekick, but then um, actually uh, Will, the apprentice, is the main character of the story. Mm. So they can also make uh, a very cool point of view. Right. The, the life of a sidekick, actually who becomes a hero usually that's that's kind of the story right and
0: right yeah 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 definitely then i guess another type of sidekick would be the cowardly sidekick yeah. uh, that's usually done i guess in a in a funny way in a in a comedy sort of context
1: yeah and maybe also to make uh, more out of the hero to make him more yeah. heroic as as opposed to his sidekick who is a really Big coward who always runs away in battles, and
0: And then a very typical sidekick for Disney, (laughs) Disney movies, is the animal companion.
1: Yeah, you have Flounder in Little Mermaid. You have Pascal in um, in Rapunzel, Entangled. You have um, what do you have?
0: Pocahontas. She has this little hummingbird thing.
1: Yeah, and Raja in uh, in Aladdin,
0: right? And the monkey, the tiger, the yeah, and Abu. Abu. Yeah, it's it's I like
1: think everyone has an animal companion. <laughs> it's though. like
0: they're all playing the ranger class in uh, all the main characters in Disney. They all have all have a, an animal companion.
1: <laughs> yeah, when a new Disney movie comes out, I'm always wondering which animal companion
0: haven't yeah. they used yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean a ch- a, a chameleon in. Entangled. entangled that yeah. that kind of shows that they they were really kind of looking for something new because <laughs> why a chameleon you know yeah
1: uh. but it, it really works i think it's it's one of uh, yeah. my favorites uh, it,
0: it was funny because he had such um characters. he had such a uh, sort of very sort of um, wry facial expressions
1: right and and in disney it's it's not always just the main character who has an animal companion it's also other characters who have an animal companion like uh, Flynn Rider has this horse, yeah, Maximus yeah, Maximus afterwards, yeah, who, who behaves like a dog.
0: <laughs> yes, but he he behaves like a dog, but he's also got this this pride and this sort of ethical code, and and that makes uh, makes Maximus a, a, a really great funny sidekick.
1: Yeah, I love Tangled. I'm absolutely crazy about that movie.
0: I think, yeah, I think it's my favorite Disney movie also.
1: And it was always my favorite fairy tale. And Disney kind of changed the original story, but kind of fixed the things that I didn't like about it. Like, as a child, I was always, I loved the story, but I was always wondering, why did she (laughs) offer up her child. In, in exchange for lettuce or something that's yeah. a lot like lettuce because i don't really like the
0: original it. grim fairy tale and the
1: yeah. the magical flower solves it all it's 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 it it was really a very well, really well done, written yeah. very well written script great script yeah And but I, I,
0: whether it's now hmm, i have to think because i really love sleeping beauty the original one also i think that's visually and in terms of style it's incredible oh yeah that's one, awesome from the yeah. 50s i think and in the '90s, of course, you have all these great Disney movies, like The Lion King, and so yeah, it's 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 tough. And uh,
1: Sleeping Beauty also has an animal companion, uh, uh, an owl. I and yeah, she but she's got a
0: bunch of animals that follow yeah. her around.
1: <laughs> the, the owl is very iconic, but I don't yeah. think he has a the, that animal companions as Disney moves on, gets yeah. a, a bigger part to play in yeah. the story as well. Yeah.
0: In the older movies, it's usually a bunch of animals who sort of help the main characters.
1: Yeah, like the the mice in yeah. in Cinderella.
0: Yeah, and then later on, it's you know it moves more in the direction of of several main characters all having their own animal companions. Like <laughs> Aladdin has Abu and Jasmine has Raja. And,
1: and they never <laughs> eat each other or something. No,
0: no, but they do get into fights.
1: <laughs> or give each other fleas. Yeah. Oh, and you have Yago as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, who's sort of the villain's sidekick. Yeah, so they all have their own, their own, their own animal, animal companions. So that's <laughs> interesting.
1: And then a lot of these animal companions, they have, um, they are kind of a comic relief as well. So that's another mm. type of sidekick, the the comic relief, like donkey, like Mushu. Um, I think they're found in a lot of animation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got the, the little uh, snow puppet in uh, Frozen. Um, the one who...
1: Who is totally not funny.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we don't like Frozen. Neither of us like Frozen. We both like Tangled. We think Tangled is much better than Frozen. <laughs> Hit us, Internet. Give us all of your hatred. <laughs> but I didn't really mean that. I don't really want to get your... I- Hatred <laughs> that was just a joke. Give
1: us your love.
0: <laughs> Give us your love, please, <laughs> please,
1: please. Love us, Internet.
0: <laughs> so then we have, <laughs> then we have, the conscience.
1: Yeah, like Gemini uh, Cricket and Pinocchio. I think that's the first one you think of.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's and
1: the only. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's definitely no, not the only one. I think there are other examples where the main character sort of makes wrong decisions and there's this sort of side character who tries to get the main character the back onto
1: or the teacher who is finger pointing all the time you should do this you should clean up your room oh mary poppins <laughs> no mary poppins is not a sidekick yeah. uh, she should be <laughs> she, she
0: should be she should be uh downgraded to sidekick <laughs> No, I I know there are other examples, but I can't come up with one. So help us, please. Um, uh, Send us your comments (laughs) and tell us.
1: Yeah, there are numerous examples of sidekicks. Of
0: another conscience-type sidekick. Uh,
1: Then we have the henchman. We we already talked about that. The villain sidekick Mm. like uh, Mini-Me, Harley Quinn. I think Crab and Goyle would be a good example as well.
0: Yeah, so Crab and Goyle are these two sort of burly guys, two dumb... They look like typical British football hooligans. And they're sort of the the, the sidekicks of um, Draco Malfoy, who is Harry Potter's big rival.
1: Yeah, and then maybe we should talk about this again later because uh, I, I still want to mention something about it. Okay. But we have a, a last uh, item on our list, which is the assistant.
0: Yes, right, yeah. The assistant is a type of sidekick who... Assists. Yeah, who assists, like um, Igor, who is, you know, Dr. Frankenstein's assistant. Pepper Potts, who is um, Iron Man's assistant, uh, certainly in, in the first movie, because she becomes more, she becomes the... Uh, the romantic interest. The, ro- the romantic interest, yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's something that you see a lot, that a sidekick who is there to sort of help the main character in there I guess Alfred in Batman is something similar, mm-hmm. but
1: but he's not really he's a not, sidekick, yeah, because he's not along he's for not the along
0: ride. for the ride so
1: right
0: yeah but I guess the same is true for Pepper in Iron Man but Igor so, certainly um, you know he's out in the field helping helping Frankenstein
1: yeah okay so but since we've talked about uh, henchmen and I came up with the example of Crab and Goyle. I think it would be interesting to mention that multiple sidekicks is also a possibility. It doesn't always work and it's not as as common I think mm. as it
0: is fairly common for villains,
1: yeah, exactly yeah for villains it is but then in Harry Potter you have you you don't only have crab and Gorl as sidekicks to uh, Malfoy, but actually uh, Harry Potter himself has. Two sidekicks and friends, Ron and Hermione.
0: It's this whole parallel structure. <gasps> it's like Malfoy on the one hand and Potter on the other, and then Crab and Goyle—they mirror Ron and Hermione. It's it's brilliant.
1: It is kind of brilliant.
0: You it's also into. interesting because you see how differently uh, you know Malfoy treats his sidekicks versus how Ron and Hermione you know are much more <laughs> obviously much more respected by Harry.
1: Yeah, that's that's another. Um, interesting function of sidekicks you get to know the main character by the mm. way they deal with their yeah. sidekicks the relationship they have the way they treat them uh, do they respect them or not are they arrogant towards them or not it says a lot about the main character. so
0: that's true that is very true
1: which brings us to functions of the sidekick
0: yeah and I think this is the most interesting part really um, what, why do you have a sidekick? Why do you put the sidekick in the story? Not just, oh, um, I want to have a sidekick. Uh, okay, let's give him a sidekick. Let's no.
1: give our main character someone to talk with. Yeah, talk I mean, that, that, that,
0: talk is, that is a function, of course. Um, yeah. You know, Wilson, for example, and it really worked. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, we've already mentioned that narration through the eyes of another character, uh, you know, a different point of view... Um, is one of the functions of a sidekick.
1: Yeah, because you get another point of view than the main characters. The sidekick can be an admirer of the main character. He can be the sane person when he saw, uh, as we saw with Sancho Panza.
0: Actually, that reminds me. Um, last episode, I talked about Name of the Wind mm-hmm. and I, how everybody loves that book and I don't. But um, I was thinking uh, a friend of mine once wrote a story that I read, and uh, in that story the main character had a sidekick, but the story was also written through the eyes of the sidekick, and the sidekick really admired this main character, was this big hero, and he really looked up to him, Mm -hmm. And, um, and actually that worked for me. I believed the main hero more than I believed the main hero in Name of the Wind, it was also arrogant and, and super over you know competent. It was f- similar in that regard, but it worked better because it was told through the eyes of the sidekick, and not through the eyes of the main character himself. Right,
1: and you can still have a lot of characters who admire the, the, he- the main hero, but if you don't really get to know them, yeah, you're not likely to take their opinion for granted. Yeah, which exactly. Yeah, you will do with a, a decent sidekick, as yes. a, as a well-developed character.
0: Yeah, and the sidekick said things like, "My master can be very harsh, but uh, I know that he, deep inside he's hurt, etc." So it's also a more nuanced uh, yeah take on the yeah, whole that's thing. That's
1: interesting. Uh, another function is uh, of a sidekick is being rescued by the hero. I think the damsel in distress is the most uh, well-known, iconic example yeah. of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. The term itself is you know. But it doesn't have to be a damsel. Um, it could be, you know... Uh,
1: a guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, or, or, or an animal. Uh, yeah. Anything, really. Uh. And
1: the classic damsel in distress, I think she's not often along for the ride. Like, I saw somewhere on on the internet Princess Peach as an example of a yeah. sidekick. I don't really think she is a sidekick. because No. She, be- because even when you think you've rescued her, you haven't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you need another level and yeah. then you will not have rescued yeah. her. But she's daring. not along
0: for the ride. She's
1: not along for the no,
0: ride. She, she's more she, like the target
1: yeah. that keeps moving further and I guess further.
0: You, you only have a sidekick if you have someone by your side whom you can kick. You know? Yeah, uh,
1: that's the best definition i can. Yeah, I so
0: guess. Uh, if you have <laughs> someone by your side and you can kick them, so they're lower status, um, Yeah, then you have a sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: that being said, uh, your best friend or girlfriend or boyfriend or sibling could be uh, a sidekick.
0: Yeah, I think uh, maybe an example of this would be in the series Gravity Falls.
1: Yeah, you have siblings there. Yeah.
0: They have their siblings, but the girl, uh, Mabel, I think, yeah, Mabel, it's more kind of the, the, the less intelligent one. And the, the guy, Dipper, yeah. is the brother. He's sort of the one who really does all the discovering etc yeah, right
1: the thinking and the, the riddles but mabel's is more the unicorn loving typical girly yeah but I, I, I you
0: could call them a duo but i think she's a little bit more of a sidekick it's it's a tough call it's a tough call i don't
1: know i think i think they're equal main characters it's not because she doesn't actually solve things that she doesn't play an important part in the in the story.
0: Yeah, but I I believe a good sidekick always has some part to play in the story. Doesn't ju- it's not just there, you know, as as decoration.
1: <laughs> well, we've watched the entire series. I I I can't really remember what her part in the story was, but I have a feeling that she had an important part to play. Maybe like in a Jar Jar way that she accidentally discovers things or something.
0: I don't remember too much of it. But
1: I, I believe she does move on the plot, which mm. is also important, of course.
0: Right. Um, then a psychic is, can also be used. And very, this is very much uh, a fantasy thing. Um, I mean, something you see in fantasy novels and etc. Is someone to explain the lore to. Um, the background, how the world works, because you could sort of describe that to to the audience, but that's a kind of you know dull to a lot of mm-hmm. people. So um, having a character who doesn't really know the the world lore as as well, and having other people explain that to them, you know, uh, you could use a sidekick for that.
1: Yeah, and I think it goes both ways. You could have the main character explaining things to the sidekick, like in Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. But you can also have a, someone, a character who becomes a sidekick in a world in which the main character is introduced for the first time. Yeah. Uh, like like in Harry Potter. Yeah,
0: that's uh, in, in a lot of children's fantasy, it's usually that. It's usually that the main characters, the children, get introduced into this world and the side characters sort of explain the world to them. Yeah. But I'm currently reading this book, uh, listening to an Audible book called Battle Mage, and in that book, in the first chapter, I noticed how it's there's two friends, and one of them is clearly going to be more of the sidekick, and the other is going to be the main hero. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be that they become equally important. I'm not sure, but it seems like this guy is going to be the sidekick, and he's sort of. He doesn't really get how it all works in this world, you know, how, with the battle mages and battle mages have dragons and and what's the function of those dragons and yada yada. And so the main character knows more about this and explains it to the sidekick. So I guess um, that's a way you can use a sidekick.
1: And he's new to the setting than the sidekick?
0: Well, no, that was a bit weird in that book. They've been friends all their lives. They've lived in the same village. But for some reason, only now does, does the main character start explaining these things. Mm. After that was these a bit, years of friendship. That was a bit <laughs> uh, unnatural. But I, I, I continued reading the book and I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, I mean...
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I understand what you mean. It, c- it can be unnatural if uh, one character star- starts explaining something out of the blue.
0: When it could, when, it could have known that. Yeah, forever. when they've yeah. known each other for yeah.
1: years. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about how the lore works. And that's, of course, unless of, <laughs> of course the there's this, this big
0: catalyst that sort of forces you to finally reveal something.
1: Anyway, yeah, except, yeah.
0: Another function of the sidekick. Um, screwing up. Screwing up. Yeah, screwing up is very important. Otherwise, you don't have. Uh, you might not have a story. Someone has to do something bad. Um, not, not, yeah, not Yeah, not necessarily intentionally.
1: But then the hero can fix it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if if the the sidekick sort of presses the wrong button uh, and sort of um, opens uh, the gates of some other dimension and creatures enter the world, or hell, uh, yeah. For example, maybe the hero has to become the one to uh, solve the mess. For example, yeah. I guess. Oh, I, a good example of this is Pippin in the Lord of the Rings. He screws up. He. Um, he throws a, a stone down the well in Moria, or in the movie, he touches a skeleton and the skeleton falls down the well. And that awakens the, the goblins and so that gives the main characters a chance to show their metal, you know.
1: And he also looks into the Palantir.
0: Yeah, he, does, he, he screws up again later on, yeah.
1: But that's kind of, uh, that turns out, Good, right.
0: Yeah, it always turns out for the better, but he's he's sort of he's very childlike and he's curious. He's yeah, and
1: Same for Jar, he's really clumsy. He screws a lot of things up. Right. But then he accidentally saves people as well. Jar is a perfect right. example of this.
0: Yeah. He screws up. So um and and that's his that's sort of his role. You know, that's what what he's supposed to be doing. He's screwing up. Um, I think a lot of people didn't really get that about Jar Jar.
1: But he still makes it to governor or something.
0: Yeah, but then he screws up again. Uh, he <laughs> becomes he becomes a senator and then he he helps to get uh, Palpatine elected. <laughs> because he's so naive. And, Oopsie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In
0: response to this direct threat to the Republic, Misa proposed that the Senate... Give immediately emergency powers to the supreme chancellor. So anyway,
1: nobody saw it coming. (laughs) He was this evil. No, no, yeah, evil.
0: And uh, uh, another role of the 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 sidekick could be the apprentice. The sidekick as an apprentice.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting about that is, of course, that he can become the new hero. Yeah. Once you've uh, really gotten sick of the main character, yeah. you can just replace him. Yay. <laughs> I think... Uh, With a younger generation.
0: It's it's certainly the, the, the impression you got at the end of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, I mean, Batman isn't dead. He's retired, I think. Give the, the
1: guy a break. He had a tough yeah, time. Yeah.
0: Uh, But um, the guy, uh, Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt, he clearly becomes the new Batman.
1: Okay, um, another function of a sidekick could be to become the new villain or to become (gasps) the villain of the...
0: Yes, the villain of the piece. Yeah, this was very well done in uh, The Incredibles, another Pixar movie, where in the beginning, in the the first... uh, 20 minutes of the movie there's this little boy who wants to be mr incredible's sidekick and mr incredible says look kid i work alone but because he's dejected and he feels kind of sad that he wasn't allowed to be the sidekick that actually turns him into a villain Hmm. and he becomes the main villain
1: but he's never really the sidekick then
0: yeah, he's a more he's a rejected sidekick. So yeah.
1: So functions of the rejected sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> Who never actually was, he a never sidekick, made it. but becomes one, uh, becomes the sidekick
0: what, of the villain. What the, I guess the opposite is more common, which is a villain. Yeah, uh, the
1: sidekick of the yeah,
0: villain. The sidekick of the villain turning into a good sidekick.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's been done a lot, like uh Iago in uh, Aladdin.
0: That's a great example, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was kind of cool. I-, I always liked Iago.
0: Yeah, I, I guess uh, on the whole, I usually prefer the uh, English spoken, ver- the original versions of everything. But in the Dutch version of Aladdin, um, they gave Iago this sort of Rotterdam accent, I think. This very, very <laughs> um, sort of uh, nautical sailor accent. I and there. it really worked.
1: Yeah, some of the translations are really cool really good well done i was kind of rooting for iago to to become a good guy yeah yeah in the first movie as well so i love when he did that then we uh you also have diego in uh, ice age
0: right yeah he becomes a very loyal friend
1: yeah and the same happens to mini me because um, <laughs> you know, villains never tend to d- respect their sidekicks and treat them. Why well, are we so.
0: Why are we using Austin Powers as an example of <laughs> storytelling? Because you know, because
1: it's great <laughs> storytelling. It's not the best storytelling. <laughs> no, it's actually kind of randy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I thought it was. Uh, it was kind of funny that he became the. So, the, the sidekick of the villain, Dr. Evil, became the sidekick of the so called hero, mm. <laughs> Austin yeah. Powers, who's actually not a hero. He's not really That's a hero. He's anymore. more like an anti hero. But um, since he became the, the sidekick of, of Austin Powers, he he started wearing this wig <laughs> and the same clothes. Right. Yeah, right. And he actually became a mini copy of Austin Powers.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that now.
1: But he was still a little pervert.
0: Okay, so another um, role of the sidekick could be to save the hero, help the hero. You know, to really become an important character who you know is not just a sidekick, but someone who really helps and who really is sort of who rises up, especially when the hero sort of when the hero sort of loses his cool. Yeah, and, and then the sidekick has to rise up. And get them through,
1: or is just utterly worn down by yeah. carrying an evil ring. For example, of power. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and, and he just can't go on. And then, I mean, if you if you watch that scene in Return of the King with Frodo, who can't go on, and Sam carrying him.
1: Come on, Mister Frodo. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Come on.
0: You can't call that a sidekick anymore, you know, this goes way beyond sidekick yeah. uh, material. <laughs> and
1: I also love the, the dialogue they have at the end of the Two Towers, where... Um,
0: when, when, when Sam says, I wonder if we'll ever be put into songs or tales, and, and Frodo says, yeah. uh,
1: What? I wonder if people will ever say, let's hear about Frodo in the ring. And they'll say, yes, it's one of my favorite stories. Frodo was really courageous, wasn't he, Dad? Yes, my boy. The most famousest of hobbits. And that's saying a lot. You've left out one of the chief characters. Samwise the Brave. I want to hear more about Sam. Frodo wouldn't have got far without Sam. Now, Mr. Frodo, you shouldn't make fun. I was being serious. So was I. It's awesome that he he respects his his friend as an equal and does not treat him as a sidekick. He 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 really acknowledges his his strength and his function. And he's yeah, he often tells him how grateful he is that he's along for the ride.
0: Another beautiful example of this I think would be Merlin um when at the end of the very last episode Arthur finally for the first time in his whole life says thank you and yeah. you know after all of these years when Merlin did so so much for him but uh, but Merlin is the main character of course but yeah in we'll, talk, series, about, yeah, we'll series, talk about yeah we'll talk about that
1: That was a great payoff
0: Okay um another function of the sidekick could be to to be sort of the, the cynical or sarcastic or just humorous commenter commentator on the whole thing.
1: Yeah, an example of a cynical commentator would be Zazu, I think, to uh, Mufasa or Simba in uh, The Lion King.
0: Right, yeah, that's why they cast Rowan Atkinson to do the voice.
1: Oh, he's great at uh, being cynical.
0: <laughs> yeah, being cynical and sort of uh, condescending and, and sort of... Uh, Passive aggressive. Um, another <laughs> another example uh, would be in Futurama, where you have you know Zapp Brannigan, the uh, the very incompetent but super vain <laughs> and arrogant uh, space captain. He has a sidekick called Kif, a little green alien dude, and um, Kif is sort of he's always sighing and rolling his eyes at at what Zap is doing, but he he obeys, he listens. But he hates it. He hates his job, and and it's it's a funny it's a funny um, dynamic between them.
1: Yeah. So commenting is a, ver- a very important function. I think some sidekicks can also comment on events to help the self-esteem of of the the hero. Way. Mm. I don't really know an example of that. Ma-
0: doesn't Mushu do that in in Mulan? Yeah. We yeah. kind of does. Sort of when she. When she she's kind of giving up and he yeah. he sort of gives her a pep talk. Yeah, something That's something like that. that sidekicks do a lot.
1: Or admire the... the oh, I, I suddenly have to think about um, Mr. Smithers as <laughs> 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 kind of a sidekick of Mr. Burns. He has this really unnatural, crazy admiration for this ugly it, old it man. It goes beyond that. Who is very... <laughs> just a it very goes beyond
0: mere ab- admiration. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's kind of the joke, right, yeah. of this character that he he admires this yeah. completely useless, evil, rich, ugly old man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's not because he's rich or anything. He really sees something in him. I don't know what's exactly. I think the
1: funny contrast, <laughs> the funny contrast here is that he keeps admiring him so much, while he has absolutely no positive qualities, and he treats him like dirt. Anyway, uh, we've been talking about the conscious as well in uh, a sidekick. That, that could be a function uh, as well. So we had Jiminy Cricket. But I think there's also um, the cartoon Angel versus Demon that's often used. Mm. Uh, I think I remember uh, Tom and Jerry using it. where the Right, yeah. Where the cartoon characters are put in front of these moral choices. Mm-hmm. Usually, very silly, basic ones, and then you have this uh, <laughs> angel on the right shoulder and a demon on the on the left shoulder. Yes. Yeah. This typical representation of good versus evil trying to talk um, to you so that you pick their side.
0: Yeah, uh, but I think I'm I'm struggling to come up with a good example. But I in fairy tales or adaptations of fairy tales, etc. You you do see it when the main character has has to make a choice. And there's this little sidekick, like a little creature telling them, don't do this or, or watch out. Or um, I, I know it exists, but I'm struggling to come up with a concrete example.
1: Yeah, I think Jiminy Cricket is still the best example because he's also along for the ride. He's there uh, every step of the way. Yeah. And even though he, he is ignored a lot of times, that's that's the essence of the mm. story, that he gets ignored a lot of times. But he's still there to, uh, to forgive him and to keep giving him uh, good advice.
0: And then there is also the the skill, you know, I mean, the, the sidekick to provide a useful skill, a practical skill in the story. Yeah. An example of that uh, would be both C-3PO and R2-D2 in Star Wars. Because, you know, C-3PO is, a, is the translator and R2-D2 is sort of the IT guy.
1: Yeah, the hacker. <laughs> Oh, and I think uh, Fulcran would be a good example of that. He's an animal companion, but he, he also has useful skills, <laughs> um, like he uh, he fights in battles, like we saw in the the Beast of the Western Wilds. He can look for objects. He can scout, uh, like the typical things. Uh, he can warn people. Can do, yeah.
0: He does all of that in uh, the Beast of the Western Wilds.
1: It's what we mentioned with Snowy as well. That he has this. These typical skills that go along with his animal class if we are talking in roleplay yeah but
0: it's yeah. there's a reason why they put that into role-playing games also you know
1: yeah yeah and in some cases the sidekick can be more qualified than the hero like with kif like you mentioned before Kiff is obviously more capable than Zap Brannigan but he's Yeah, yeah Kiff is
0: just normal even though he's yeah. an alien he's normal and Zap Brannigan is crazy so
1: yeah <laughs> And then yeah you have Penny the the niece of Inspector Gadget
0: Yeah that's a very I, I really like that uh that dynamic every episode Inspector Gadget he's got all of these super gadgets but he never solves anything. He always just gets into trouble, and it's it's his niece, the little girl, who is the one who who solves the mystery just using her head. I think it's a nice. I'm not sure if the uh, the creators Hanna Barbera, I guess, ever uh, ever really um, intended it that way. But it's it's a nice little uh, critique, if you will, of over reliance on technology versus just you know. The old noggin.
1: Yeah. Then um, I think it's maybe it's not really a function of a sidekick, but you do have temporary sidekicks, so you could provide a kind of new dynamic every time. Maybe that's the function: uh, provide a new dynamic between main character and some other sidekick mm. by um, by making them temporary by by uh, changing them from time to time.
0: Yeah, in the Beast of the Western Wilds, you know, just plugging our own stories here a bit. Um, <laughs> you have Rudolf, uh, who is the, the sort of the, the sidekick for uh, Ludlov in the beginning of the story. But as the story progresses, it's really uh, Captain Elsenbach who becomes the guy who, um, who journeys along with Ludlov yeah. into the dark woods.
1: Exactly, and and it it makes sense as as well, because they're going to look for his grandson, so he has a...
0: Yeah, his more personal stakes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Then I think in games, they also use it a lot. You have these different followers, for example, in Fallout, where you can pick your follower uh, depending on the quest you're doing or something.
0: I think Fallout is a great example, because in Fallout, you usually only have one follower... And the follower also is someone with a personality, with a character. Yeah. Because you have that in Skyrim as well. But in Skyrim, with the exception of Serana, mm-hmm. um, followers tend to be, um, you know, kind of flat characters. Flat characters yeah. But
1: you can solve that by using your imagination.
0: Yeah, and, and that's really the way you should play Skyrim, by using your imagination. That's, I, that's I how, it, how it should be played.
1: I think both in Skyrim and Fallout, it's logical that you pick the followers that are needed for that quest. So, if, for yeah. example, if you uh, if you take Serana's quest, it wouldn't make sense if you leave her at home.
0: It's, this is very much uh, also the case in the Mass Effect series, where you have these separate missions that are all about one of your followers, and then you know of course you have to take them along for that particular yeah. mission
1: and and usually you have the freedom to pick any follower you want to take along the yeah. journey but i think if you really play play these games immersed in the yeah. the story you you have to take them along yeah
0: in mass effect you really do have to i yeah. mean it's it's decided for you but that makes sense because otherwise you know you can't do the mission
1: <laughs> but for example in fallout 4 when you do a case for nick valentine I think it right. makes sense, he knows the case, that you take him along and not just yeah. some other follower. Yeah.
0: yeah, where you have to collect those, those tapes, you could do that on your own.
1: Yeah, or you could yeah. take your dog or, or, yeah. or you, took, you could take the, the journalist, um, Piper.
0: Uh, we've mentioned all of these functions of the sidekick. It's perfectly possible for one sidekick to have many different functions at once.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, So if you're writing a story uh, for for any medium and you have this main character and you have this sidekick, I think it's important that your sidekick has a narrative function, but you can pick uh, multiple ones. I think it makes it all the more interesting.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, For example, in in Harry Potter, I mean, of course it's a long series, so it's normal that the function of, of the sidekicks, I would say Ron, is really... The quintessential sidekick in Harry Potter, his function sort of changes um, throughout the stories. I mean, he's the one who screws up in one story. He's the guy you use to explain things to in another. He's the the one who helps uh, saves Harry in another. Uh, maybe sometimes he's even the conscience. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, and then of course, if you work with m- multiple sidekicks, uh, like uh, like Hermione, she's she's more like the walking library. Because she yeah. she remembers Useful all these skill, things yeah. for, from the books uh, she's read. Yeah, you can do really interesting things with a sidekick.
0: You could even sort of hide that they're a sidekick pretty well. If, if you don't want to evoke the sort of typical hero sidekick feel, but you still need someone to fulfill these functions, you could do that in a way that you don't really feel that the other character is a sidekick. For example, by making them not so much lower in status.
1: Yeah, exactly. You you can do a lot of creative things with a sidekick.
0: So, in conclusion, sidekicks definitely are awesome, but you have to give them a proper function. I mean, they have to be there for a reason in the story. They have to have a narrative sort of plot function.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which
0: I think, again, you know, sorry internet, I think Chewbacca kind of kind of lacks, but at the same time, I also feel that uh, a sidekick should always be an actual character and have a personality and not just be a plot device. Yeah. Not only be there to fulfill a function, also be a real person.
1: Yeah, exactly, and uh, preferably a very round character that you uh, that you don't take for granted, that you really take seriously. That you know, you get the feeling you
0: know. Yeah, and and care about. Yeah, It's sort of a both-and situation for me. Because if you have a sidekick who fulfills his role very well in the plot, but is just this very dull, uninteresting figure, then it becomes just a stale plot device.
1: Yeah, and on the other hand, if if it's a really well-developed character that's really important and that you care about then the line between two uh, main characters and the main character versus sidekick dynamic might be a little thin.
0: That's true. But I think, it's, I think that's not really a bad thing necessarily. Yeah, it necessarily. doesn't matter, right? Yeah. What's
1: in a name? <laughs>
0: yeah. So since sidekicks are so incredibly wonderful, I think I will conclude by saying that I was your most noble and humble sidekick for this evening, Domine.
1: No, no, no. I'll be the sidekick. I'm the woman after all.
0: How sexist. I insist, I am the sidekick. (laughs)
1: Let's both be sidekicks.
0: Yes, we're each other's sidekicks.
1: (laughs) If you, uh, by the way, if you want to share great sidekicks that you remember from stories, or maybe you, you have an idea for a cool sidekick in your own story, please share that in the comments. We're really... Interested yeah. in and, what and, and you have if to you say.
0: could give us another example of a conscience sidekick aside from Jiminy Crickets, we'll be very grateful.
1: <laughs> yeah, just whatever you want to share with us uh, concerning sidekicks, please please share in the comments.
0: Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. That was this week's episode for the storytelling podcast for uh, from Audio Epics. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to support us, um, you can definitely do that by purchasing the stories on Bandcamp. Just go to audioepics.bandcamp.com. Or you can buy our books from Amazon. There are a ton of books called Witch Hunter on Amazon. (laughs) But um, if you type in Witch Hunter and then my name, Domine, D-O-M-I-E-N, then you'll find our Witch Hunter and The Beast of the Western Wilds.
1: Anyway, thanks for listening, and talk to you soon.